Welcome back to Stop Ruining My Childhood. A sometimes nostalgic, sometimes cynical look back at pop culture. Join us as we revisit movies, cartoons, and live action TV of the 80s and 90s and ask the question... Does this hold up or did I just ruin my childhood? My name is Megan. And I'm Steve. And you can probably tell we're, um, I think I mentioned this in the Mother's Day podcast, I'm not sure which order we're going to put these in quite yet, but we're still recovering a little bit from COVID. So we're a little stuffy. (laughs) It's fine. But doing fine. Doing fine. And thankfully, uh, we didn't get hit with it too hard. Um, Today, we are reviewing Muppet Babies. Muppet Babies from our childhood. From our childhood. So we're in the first bit of our cycle. We have a cartoon and then a live action TV and then a movie. So we're going to do Muppet Babies and then Little House on the Prairie and then Dream a Little Dream. So that is our game plan for the next couple weeks. And you can find Muppet Babies. The links for the shows that we watched are going to be on our blog. So you can visit us at StopRuiningMyChildhood.com and our Watch With Us page. We also watched an episode of the reboot of Muppet Babies, which you can find on Disney Plus. And I'll put the links for that on our blog as well. Yep. And I'm really excited today. I've been waiting for this. So today is the first um, day of our new segment called "What Does Steve? What Is Steve Willing to Watch?" <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm calling it. And so basically, what we're gonna do, we have the show picked out, but not all of the episodes for our next um, for our next episode. So I have some descriptions of some Little House on the Prairie episodes and Steve's going to decide which one he's willing to watch. <laughs> or which one he's excited to watch. Right. Let's put it that way. I shouldn't be like quite so negative about it. I have a feeling with Little House, maybe Steve isn't quite as excited about that as we'll some of the other things. Um, so yeah, whenever we have episodes, that's going to be our new segment. I've already got one or two picked out and then Steve will pick some out here live for us on the show. So we'll do that at the end after we do our final rating um, as kind of a sneak preview for next time. Yep. But first, it is our non-sponsored snack review. Our non-sponsored snack review today... Is Smarties. Is Smarties. So, uh, Steve, the, the we both have snack little... Snack from your childhood. Both have little rolls. They kind of look like pellets all put into a roll. And while Steve's eating, I'll give you a little background. So, Smarties were um, developed after World War II. The D family bought pellet machines and repurposed them to make candy. So it's a little tablet style um, in the shape and the texture. And in 1949, the D family moved from the UK to New Jersey. And they had just two machines and a rented facility. And they started the CD Candy Inc., um, which changed its name officially to Smarties in 2011. But um, at one point, sugar prices spiked and they switched the formula a little bit. Um, But basically, this is a cool story. It's a candy company that's been owned by three different generations of the same family, which we're finding in some of these candy stories. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool to have a family company that keeps going on. Yeah, you always think of like Nestle and Hershey and like the bigger, you know, Mm -hmm. Mars. But it's really interesting that so many of these are just made like a small family company and they just specialize in like one candy. Yeah, and I mean, it's really actually, not only is it impressive that they were able to keep Mm. it in the family for so many generations, but also that they were able to keep a business going selling sugar chalk, basically. (laughs) Which is kind of as I've I've eaten my Smarties. I kind of like it's tartar than I remember. They're called Rockets in Canada. Because Canada has another candy called Smarties that's like a chocolate coated. So why are these called Smarties? Why did they go with that Um, name? You know, oh, it doesn't have to do with intelligence. This is kind of funny. So actually, everybody thinks I picked these because I feel like Muppet Babies are smart, little smarties, like they have imaginations. But it doesn't have to do with the intelligence. To smart means to hurt or to have your face involuntarily pucker. Oh, and because they're sour a little bit? Because they're a little bit sour, you go, ooh, and like it kind of smarts. And they've got um, the wrapped rolls have white, which is cream. Yellow is pineapple, pink is cherry, green is strawberry, purple is grape, and orange is banana. No, I'm just kidding. Orange is orange. <laughs> green, green is strawberry? Yeah, it's interesting, right? I think mm-hmm. it would be lime. We're both taking a green right now. 
I kind of get, they just kind of taste all the same to me. They taste mostly the same, yeah, like sugar chocolate. With a little bit of um, citric acid. Yeah. Did you like Smarties as a child? Were they one of your go-to candies? Smarties are like the candy that you get at Halloween. I only remember getting Smarties at Halloween. Yeah, and you're like, oh, Smarties. Well, no, I kind of was like, okay... So the Mother's Day bonus episode is actually coming up next week now that I'm remembering our lineup. And um, someone, I won't say who, but it was definitely my mom, picked Necco wafers. <laughs> <laughs> Necco wafers are like the, the, the candy that like you give to your mom when you yeah. get them. At, when you, or your, now your grandma, I guess, or your great-grandma. Um, but Smarties were like, okay, I ate my chocolate and I'll have some Smarties. Yeah. You know, they're okay. I don't hate them. They're not candy cigarettes. They're not Necco wafers. Right. They're very chalky, though. I, I remember them from my childhood is is like in elementary school. They mm. were the candy that you're like, ah. So, but they are pretty much pure sugar. So me and like the little degenerates I would hang out with snort would them. crush them up and snort them. Yeah. <laughs> I remember kids doing that now that you're saying that. I never did that, first of all, because I don't want to pretend to do cocaine, like, even as a... <laughs> right, because, like, I mean, that's not cool, right? <laughs> well, it probably would have been cool, and I was just, like, rolling my eyes, like, yeah. what do you think, you're Scarface, you're in third grade? And the second reason is, I don't want my nose to hurt, I don't like that. Yeah, it wasn't a pleasant. I'm I don't assuming... know why it was cool to do that, because I don't recall it being a pleasant sensation. <laughs> that's also, like, those are the same guys that, like, when they're in college, they snort wasabi. Like right. at the Japanese restaurant? Okay, so, um, oh, I also want to say, funnily enough, because they are mostly sugar, Smarties candies are peanut-free, gluten-free, fat-free, and vegan. So if you're a vegan, you can have these and not feel bad. Because there's bad. really nothing else really in nothing them. nothing but sugar. They're like powdered sugar <laughs> pressed into a, into a, a little pellet. Yeah. Okay, so... We always rate on a scale of 1 to 5 for the mm. snack and 1 to 10 for the show. Yep. So today... How many diapers do you have? <laughs> no. Because it's, it's Muppet Babies. How many pacifiers? Okay. Okay. It's Muppet Babies. We always pick something random. So pacifiers. Um, Out of five pacifiers, little passies, how many... I'm going to give the smart... I'm going to give Smarties the deuce. The two? Two out of five... Man, I'm going to go with the three. I kind of like them. I'm not going to eat them every day, but they're okay. They make my mouth pucker a little bit, but not unpleasantly. Not like like sour I can't believe you like these, but you don't like candy cigarettes, which I know. It's pretty much the same formula almost, but I think it's the citric acid, that little bit of pucker. That's kind of what I like about it. And I don't like things that are super sour. Like, I'm not going to eat, like, we'll probably have to at some point, but I don't want to eat lemon heads. Or Sour Patch Kids? Sour Patch Kids have a little bit of sweetness underneath. Yeah, but there's a lot of sugar. But it's the, um, the ones that are like super, super sour. I just yeah. don't have any interest in it. All right. So, pause for effect. Yeah. Two, Two and, and a half, half pacifiers. pacifiers. Out of five for Smarties. Um... So let's get into Muppet Babies. It is only available on YouTube right now. Disney does not have the full rights for it, and we'll talk about why in a minute. But Steve, can you give us kind of a rundown or an overview of at least of the show? Sure. Muppet Babies was uh, started in 1984, and it's basically the overview is it's an animated version of the Muppets, but they're all babies, and they are in a nursery with Nanny, who... As an adult, you never see, you just see her legs um, and you hear her voice. But um, they basically go through imaginary adventures. Every episode is them imagining and doing pl- imaginary play and doing something else. There's always, you know, whether it's, um, you know, Noisy Neighbors, which is the first episode we'll talk about a little bit later, where they're imagining different things, or... Um, Around the Nursery in 80 Days, which is another one. It's always just basically them playing and whatever they're imagining. So that's kind of the the overview summary of it. Yeah, we actually thought about following up with and watching um, like Fraggle Rock for the show and then one of the Muppet movies. But my concern was that if we themed a whole month, (laughs) if you don't like the Muppets, you're kind of we're kind of losing you. 
And so this ran for seven years from 1984 to 1991, 107 episodes. So just yeah, enough. Eight seasons. Oh, I'm sorry. Yep. Seven years, but eight seasons. Eight seasons. Yes. Yep. Um, just enough for syndication with 107 episodes. The idea to make the Muppets into babies um, came from Michael Frith, who was a collaborator of Jim Henson's. And he thought that you could take the characters and make them younger and then have like moral lessons in a way or like educational messages for kids who were already familiar with the characters. Mm-hmm. And um, Frank Oz apparently did not want to do that (laughs) he wanted he wanted the muppets to kind of have a subversive edge to them so they basically came up with this compromise and they did a dream sequence for the muppets take manhattan which is a 1984 movie and i like that movie we'll review it at some point a lot of people thought that it was softer for the muppets that they always were kind of you know the muppets were had a segment on saturday night live the first year Mm mm-hmm they were kind of a little bit edgier, even like not really Sesame Street, because that's kind of a separate thing. Right. But the actual Muppets kind of were like, you know, a, a crossover for adult entertainment and kids. Yeah, um, it was a nightly show. It was a primetime show originally. Yeah. So basically, they went back and forth about it, and the deciding factor was the merchandise. Oh, of course. Of course it was. The merchandising after that movie for Muppet Baby Stuff went through the roof. And basically, Jim Henson had a couple of projects, one of which was Labyrinth, and the other was The Dark Crystal. And he wanted to cover those movies, but he needed capital. So they kind of used the money from the merchandising for the Muppet Babies to Mm -hmm. then do these passion projects. So he wasn't really as like involved in the Muppet Babies. Yes. He didn't do the voice. I mean, he oversaw some of the stories, but he didn't do the voices or anything like that. It was very strategically set up because they had the dream sequence in Muppets Take Manhattan, and that movie came out two months before the Muppet Babies cartoon started. Yeah. Yeah, so it was like a little taste of Peggy having the daydream of what it would be like for her and Kermit to have grown up together. Yes. And then you've got the Muppets... Growing up together. Then you have the Muppet Babies two months later. Yeah. And they they also did another um, kind of, I want to call it live action with puppets of the Muppet Babies for the Muppet Family Christmas special, which came out, I think, in 86. Okay. So kind of to reinforce that they had all grown up together and this is now part of the lore. I think it's interesting that they kind of deliberately decided not to explain the nursery. So we watched the pilot. We'll get into it in a minute. But they went back and forth, like, should we explain it? And eventually they were like, kids don't care. Yeah. So is this a foster situation? Is it a daycare? Is she there? Is she like their mom or is she like their babysitter? Yeah, you have nanny, but they never mention the actual parents of the mother. No, no, they don't explain anything. But they really don't. They kind of decided they didn't need to. And Skeeter, who's really not in anything else... Um, was there just to fix, like, the gender imbalance. They didn't want Piggy being the only girl, basically. Right, because Scooter was in the Muppet show. Yes. But Skeeter wasn't originally. And basically they've said, well, Skeeter's, like, an adventurer, and she's just off on adventures. She doesn't want to be part of, like... In the original Muppet show, Scooter's uncle owns the theater that Mm -hmm. they perform in. Um, But we had some famous voices. Dave Coulier of Full House... Did some of the voices. Howie Mandel, who did Bobby's World. Um, and this would have been before both of those for those two. So this yes. Would have been there earlier. Barbara Billingsley, who was June Cleaver in Leave it to Beaver. She okay. does Nanny's voice. Russie Taylor. Again, we have heard about Russie Taylor a couple times. Minnie Mouse and Strawberry Shortcake. Uh-huh. Um, she also later did My Little Pony and DuckTales. So she does some of the voices. So yeah, they they kind of had some really famous people like before they were famous in some cases and in some cases after. But we see... Kind of the the staple of the Muppet Babies is that they find themselves in scenes where there's film footage, sometimes of famous films and mm-hmm. sometimes like stock footage. Part of that was because by doing the clips, they didn't have to do as much animation. 
So right. it's a time-saving device where they can kind of save money. But in other, it, it was basically a creative choice. And Jim Henson, in some instances, secured the rights for clips from like Star Wars and Raiders of the Lost Ark because he was friends with George Lucas and Steven Spielberg. Right. In other cases, apparently he just didn't even ask. And when asked about it, he was kind of like, I'm Jim Henson. What are they going to do? <laughs> <laughs> like, we're all friends and we all work together, you know. Right. So that's basically why the show is not available for streaming. Okay. Um, that the ones that we watched on YouTube looked like somebody had taped them off of TV. Mm-hmm. Or possibly if they had, like, the VHS copies. But sifting through, like, the, the legal entanglements, Disney apparently just isn't interested in like trying to do that yeah it was interesting because the first episode we watched looks like someone taped it off of a saturday morning cartoons yeah and the second episode we watched looked like it was taped off the disney channel yes. which it would have been on at one point because it's interesting that initially the muppy babies 1984 to 91 run was produced and put out by jim henson mm-hmm. entertainment in conjunction with Marvel Entertainment. Right. And now Disney owns both of those companies yes. separately. Like, it, 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 it took over Jim Henson first and then Marvel later. And they own the Star Wars stuff as well. Right but, now. But at the same point, they don't own things like Raiders of the Lost Ark. And I think it's like that. And, and some of the stock footage might be right. now copyrighted. They also had, which I do not remember this. Do and they, you? they do have Raiders of the Lost Ark because they own Lucas. They own... Yes, you're right. But my point is there's a lot that they do. So they had another show called Muppet Monsters. Do you remember that I don't remember that. This only aired for like 15. They had 15 produced, but they only aired three episodes. And then Henson and this ran on CBS and they neither of them thought the quality was there. They were just kind of stretched too thin. Um, but they had new Muppet monster characters, Tug, Molly, and Boo. I would really have liked to have seen that. Okay. <laughs> um, and later on, I mean, it, it ended up ending because of Jim Henson's uh, death, which a lot of the things at that time kind of shut down until mm. Disney purchased everything. But it was turned into a live stage show. And then there was a reboot, which we did watch, which premiered on Disney Junior and aired from 2018 to 2021. So this is CGI, but kind of targeted a little bit younger audience, like four to seven. Whereas I feel like the the version that we watched was maybe like five to ten, a little bit older. Right. And that was done with two 11-minute stories instead of one longer 22-minute Right. Story. So that's basically a little bit of the history of the Muppet Babies, how they came to be and um, why it's so hard to find. Mm-hmm. <laughs> why it's so hard to find today. We're not, So now we're going to pause for a quick commercial break. Yep. And then when we come back, we'll talk about our memories and we'll do the full review and recap. This podcast is supported by its creators and listeners like you. Help keep our show ad-free by visiting our website, StopRuiningMyChildhood.com. There you can find links to our social media. And this very podcast you're currently listening to. Both Megan and I are authors, and you can find links to our books on our About page. And on our Watch With Us page, you can find videos and links for all the shows and movies we discuss on the podcast. And more importantly, links to buy the nostalgic snacks we review as well. We also post bonus content about once a month. So like, subscribe, and follow. For a small independent podcast like ours, it really does make a difference. Thanks. And now back to the show. Okay, we are back. In case you forgot, I'm Megan. And I'm Steve. So what are some of your memories about Muppet Babies? I I remember Muppet Babies, you know, growing up. I remember watching the cartoons regularly. Um, again, you know, to be honest, I don't even recall if I watched it a lot when it first came out or if I maybe saw it in syndication mm-hmm. or a mix of both probably. With your brothers, did you um, watch it? Yeah, I mean, we probably watched it later too because I'm sure it was syndicated and it was on like after school or it was on, you know, regular stuff. As we discussed, there was eight seasons, 107 episodes. So it went from 84 to 91. By 89, they had enough for syndication, and it went into syndication. Oh, okay. And it went into syndication with Nickelodeon. 
Oh. So, and we didn't have, like, cable cable, really, mm-hmm. until I was much older. Yeah. So, I'm assuming that we would have seen it probably on, like, Saturday morning cartoons or something. And then just, I probably saw it later in, uh, when it was on Nickelodeon and when I was maybe in a pre, like, a teenager, probably. Yeah. It's 91. I think I would have been in fifth grade. Mm-hmm. And... I love the Muppets. <laughs> like the Muppets are really one of my very favorite things. I it's just exactly my sense of humor. And my brother lo- and I loved Muppet Babies and this was most Saturday morning cartoons. You'll hear me talk about like we talked about Alvin and the Chipmunks a couple weeks ago and I was like it was like on on Saturday morning, you know, things yeah. like that. This was, like, for us, appointment television. Oh, like, really? We were like, Muppet Babies comes on at 7.30? Then we better be downstairs in front of that yeah. TV at 7.30 with our cereal. Like, it, It's funny because I was, like, during this run, I would have been 7 to 14. Right. So I remember a lot of the episodes I remember, like, ones we watched were from early in the Muppet Babies series. Yeah. Because by the time I was 10 or 11, I probably would have stopped. I would have been watching other things. And I was going to say... This is even like I even I did watch Sesame Street like way too long as well. But this I watched the full I watched the full run. Like I I'm saying I would have been in fifth grade and possibly even like sixth grade middle school. Yeah. And I did not care. Like this is like I just really, really enjoyed it and, and liked it quite a bit. I feel like we may have had a my brothers and I may have had a few toys. Yeah, I, I feel like I, I don't think we would have bought them, but I feel like maybe there might have been like Muppet Baby, like Happy Meal toy kind of stuff that yes. we probably got our hands on. Yeah, I feel like I remember that too, and I don't remember buying any of the merchandising exactly. At one point, we had some puppets. We had a Kermit the Frog puppet, but that was like for my mom would do like things for kids at church. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that was really like us playing with them. Was it we had one of those. Was it the kind that didn't have it didn't have a bottom half, right? No, and, ours did. And, oh, one. ours was Kermit from the waist up and it was a hand puppet. And his mouth was hard plastic, oh, and okay. his hands have Velcro on them. So you yeah, the hands had Velcro. Yeah, I remember yeah, yeah, that. Yeah. We had that. Yeah, yeah, the hands had Velcro. And my brother had a Kermit the Frog piggy bank. Oh, nice. So, I mean, we did have, and I feel like we might have had a Fozzie Bear, like, stuffed animal, maybe. Yeah, I was going to say, so Tim would have been younger, and I think he might have had, like, a stuffed piggy or a stuffed gonzo yeah. or Fozzie, something like that. But the bigger thing was... Um, unlike some of the other things we've talked about where like the toys are kind of the, you know, the bigger thing, the bigger thing for, for us was just the show. I just really liked it because it does focus so much on imagination, which is like a big, um, I don't know how to put it. It's like a, something I really value, right. I guess, is how I should put it. And um, so I was really worried this week. <laughs> I was worried that I was going to ruin my childhood. I was so, and we'll see whether or not I did. <laughs> we, so. You know, I don't, like I said, we watched it a little bit. We were not as Muppet enthralled as you and your brother were. But, it, you know, watching it, what it did to me is it brought back memories. Not necessarily as much of Muppet Babies. But it brought back memories of me and my brothers because we played like this a lot. That's what I was going to say, you know, too. We basically were the same way. We like we had a basement where all our toys were. Yes. And we were down there, like, if we weren't in school, we were down there, like, all day long doing, playing with, like, imagining we were in different things. Yeah, I was going to wait till we got into the episode, but I will say that that is 100%. I was like, oh, my gosh, my brother and I used to play that game or, oh my gosh, my friends would come over. We like, so I grew up with my cousins lived just a couple blocks over. So growing up, our cousins really were like more siblings right? in a way. And so they do a lot of things in this show that we all five of us did. My brother and I and my three cousins, Sarah, Lindsay and Brad. And that that was a really fun thing to kind of experience while we were watching it. So let's get into the actual... <laughs> episodes the first one we watched is the pilot noisy neighbors yep season one episode one um the muppet babies are playing battleship at the beginning and being very loud and basically nanny they keep having to get stopped Mm -hmm. because they keep being so loud that they're waking up their neighbor officer carruthers who's a police officer who works nights 
Now, I don't know if this lavish, really large, beautiful nursery is in an <laughs> apartment or if Officer Crothers' house is just really close to their house. <laughs> Officer Crothers needs to, like, maybe not live by a daycare if he's that concerned about Well, it noise. never says if this is a daycare or if they no, live I with know. Manny. I know. And so that's my thought. I'm like, how close does Officer Crothers live that a bunch of toddlers can wake him up? <laughs> I also was like, Officer Carruthers, they're just being kids. Like, stop it. Just like, chill out, Officer Carruthers. <laughs> so we go through all this thing. So we start with, I, oh, man, the intro song is so catchy. I love it. Just close your eyes and make believe and you can be anywhere. That's be, mm-hmm. that's the that's the point of this show, right? Yeah, it's an earworm. I can still, rec- I can still remember all of yeah. the, the lyrics to the Muppet Babies song. So they're pretending to be a submarine. Gonzo's nose is the periscope. This is definitely, and they're in a cardboard box. Mm-hmm. I definitely played submarine in a cardboard box. Yeah. We had an actual, did you guys have like a fake little like plastic periscope toy? Well, we had omegles, which are tube, it's a tube system you can build anything out of. Oh, So yes! we would build vehicles, we would build periscope, you oh. could build anything out of omegles. Yeah, we made a, um, like a rolling cart that we would, and they do in the next episode, they play grocery store. Yeah. And we, we had, made that out of We had omegles that could build any vehicle, and then we had these red cardboard bricks. Oh, I love those. That we built any building that we needed to be in we didn't have those but my daycare did she had the red ones and the multicolored, and i would just like gravitate toward those and like i love and we'd, we would also this is going to sound ridiculous i don't think my mom listens to our podcast so i can nah, say it's it. fine this is going to sound ridiculous to most people but for about a four or five year period in my childhood we had a six foot by six foot by six foot jungle gym in my living room <laughs> In the middle of our living room, to my father's dismay. Well, listen, we live in New York. You can't be outside a lot of the time. It's cold and snowy. And my mother babysat, so there was always lots of kids. There was the three of us. We had neighbors right next door, which were two girls our age who were always with us. We had a cousin our age, so there was at least six of us at all times. And we had a legitimately... She bought it from a daycare. It was a legitimately commercial jungle gym in in the (laughs) middle of our living room. I would have. I want to see pictures sometime. <laughs> That's hysterical. I think she still had it until we were adults. Like she put it in a shed or something. But yeah, it, she still had it. Yeah. So there's got. They've got one group in the submarine, one group on the couch. Here's what I really liked the setup. I forgot. I always thought that they only had movie clips in some episodes, and I forgot that what they do is they show the kids playing, and they show like the cardboard box. Mm-hmm. Then they show a stock footage film clip of a submarine coming up against a battleship. Then when they re-show the kids, they're like now in a cartoon submarine. Yeah. So it, I really thought that that was cool to show like the reality, the inspiration, and then their imagination world and what all three of those look like kind of in conjunction. I also thought... Piggy is much nicer as a Muppet baby than she is as a Muppet. <laughs> she has a little bit of attitude, but she's much nicer, yes. She's not children. hitting anybody or saying hiya or emotionally abusing Kermit. No. And Gonzo has a crush on Piggy, which is interesting. I don't think that that is the case with the actual like adult Muppets. I don't recall that. He's I, more like into he Camilla. Into, like, chickens and stuff. Yeah, because right? he's yeah. basically well. Later on, they say that he's like an alien because right. they have a whole movie about him. But he's like got feathers and a note. He's kind of a bird, possibly. Um, but here's what I thought was interesting. You know, with Alvin and the Chipmunks, they broke it up into segments. Right, mm-hmm. there were two short episodes, and then the reboot of this, there were two short episodes too. Here, they kind of had segments, but it wasn't like an official break of the story. No, the whole story was pretty much the half hour. Right. So they're doing the submarine battleship play, Officer Carruthers Complains. Then we have, they're reading a story and they're imagining themselves in the roles. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Piggy tries to read a story. Yeah. Then Ralph tries singing a lullaby. And then Gonzo tries watching TV. Because they're always they're trying to keep animal quiet. Who's the loudest? Yeah, so it's it's kind of neat that it's still like it's segmented mm-hmm. into these different types of imaginative play. I liked the, when they're reading the story. 
Piggy's like, and I want bonbons and also mashed potatoes and also cake and also ice cream. Yeah. And I was like, that's me right now. I'm a little mm. peckish. Um, but I love, they have a, a dragon and to make it less scary for kids, it's a dancing dragon. Yes. And then Kermit defeats it by dancing along with it. Yeah. Um, then they're like, Officer Carruthers is going to come for us because he complains again and they imagine themselves for a moment in like prison striped uniform. Yeah, running from like a spotlight. That was, that yeah, was and then we try to put Animal to sleep, but the lullaby is more like a like a rock song. It's like, well, it it does go because I feel like I feel like Ralph played a lot of jazz. Yeah, and so it's very uh, it's kind of jazzy, upbeat. It's not yeah. it's not like a lullaby. And we have I you know I remember that Nanny is only shown from the waist down. I did find that kind of creepy a little yeah, bit. Yeah, and always with the green striped socks. Yes. But then we have um, Gonzo watching TV, and (laughs) this is my favorite. This is why I love the Muppets, because this little parody, instead of Superman, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman. Yes. It's a duck. (laughs) I can't do it without coughing. (coughs) Sorry, guys. It's a duck. It's a blimp. It's Super Gonzo. Yeah. (laughs) I just love that they... They pick, to me, the funniest bird <laughs> and the most ridiculous thing that could be in the sky. Yeah. Um, so we have Super Gonzo and Cluck Kent and Piggy Lane. And then Animal goes, crawls into the TV and he becomes King Kong. But it's a mixture of Super Gonzo and King Kong. So again, it's like you are taking the story as a jumping off point but that's what kids do they mix it up together like we were watching we were at um small family party and that is how our our nieces and nephews were playing you could hear they're like okay so it'll be like this show but except we're gonna add this and then also we're gonna do that and they have like these elaborate rules for these games they're playing like to me it's very much the adults who the adults who wrote this really, really kind of got it right. They also call back old tech alert. Uh, Gonzo is super Gonzo goes into a phone booth to change. And the operator is like, you'll need 25 cents. Yes. <laughs> so that was kind of fun too. What did you think overall though of this particular episode? It was a good episode. I mean, it was, you know, it kind of lays the groundwork. They did of course have the little like, live action TV insert like you mentioned earlier. This one was quick. It was just Gonzo opens a closet door to look to hide and there's a star cruiser from from Star Wars that's shooting and he's like, oh, not in there and he closes it. Yes. But that's the only thing that they really had in this one. And the beginning with the with the battleship scenes. Right. Yeah, they right. didn't have quite as many. It felt a tiny bit long to me. I don't know if that's the editing or the comedy beats. It just didn't it didn't seem to move along quite as quickly, but that's a very minor. It's also the pilot, so they're kind of laying ground. Yeah, and figuring and out. To set it up. Yeah. Um, so then we we skipped over to season three, episode eleven, around the nursery in eighty days. Now I know that we're watching this on YouTube, but you can tell it's not just how they they ripped the vhs or whatever Mm. the animation really was better it stepped up a little bit yeah because you're now two seasons in they probably you know they probably they probably hired new animators yeah bunsen and beaker are in the intro and this version of the intro had the lines about like i fly through air and i i like adventure i like romance yeah they kind of introduced each of the characters a little which bit. i guess was always there but sometimes would be cut because of commercials i didn't remember it being part of the song you didn't oh i remember no. the whole thing See, but i rem- i probably was done watching it by season three right so i probably remember the original song which well or if they cut it for commercials if you're watching it in syndication right also you didn't watch this like religiously every second that's true well no because i don't because the intro animation is different in this season yeah i don't remember that i only remember the original in oh okay because i remember when they say like i like adventure kermit swings like indiana jones Yeah, i don't remember any of that um yeah so here we start they're playing grocery store oh man <laughs> i just they have this cash register we had did you have the fisher price cash register with the with the plastic we coins? had we had one i don't oh, recall man. You know how 
we didn't do a lot of cash register stuff. I mean, we played a little bit of of grocery store, but it that's just not a. a I don't want to say it's not a boy game, but it really was. It's no, not something we were as. I, we did have fake food and things. Yeah. We had a fake kitchen. Yes, which we did stuff in, but we didn't really have a, as much so, of a grocery. We so didn't have a shopping cart, I believe. We did not have a fake kitchen, and I never got a. Um, what do you call it? Oh, easy bake oven, mm-hmm. because my mother kind of believed like if you want to play at cooking just come in the kitchen and cook and learn how to cook and then later she would kind of get mad at me for um using all of her ingredients because (laughs) i would be like i'm gonna make a cake but i don't really have a recipe but i'm just gonna figure it out and she'd be like megan And um and then we got some kids cookbooks and stuff like that. So I don't think we had a play kitchen, if I'm recalling correctly. But I think what we had were just like fake pretend. We had a lot of dress up clothes, mm. like a whole big barrel of dress up clothes. And we would go to garage sales and mm. buy like old lady clothes and then use those for dress up. Like right. we would buy like neon green bell bottoms oh, <laughs> or yeah. you know or uh somebody would be like selling their wigs and like we would right. buy their wigs <laughs> we bought like a first stole like those kind of things we didn't have a lot of dress up stuff either we didn't do dress up as well much. you were three guys yeah and i know now when my my younger brothers wouldn't remember this because i was younger when i lived in texas i used to like to play chemist Oh, okay. Yeah. I had a chemistry set. And so I would... Well, I didn't. (laughs) So I would mix concoctions from the bathroom. (gasps) No. Yeah. And so I would get in a little bit trouble because bathroom ingredients are expensive. And I would mix like toothpaste with like mouthwash (laughs) with like pretty much anything else I could find. And I wouldn't drink them, but I would make concoctions. When you're saying this, I'm picturing you mixing like ammonia cleaning products with like bleach cleaning products and causing explosions. Luckily to my knowledge, I did not poison myself. I had a chemistry set and there were directions and I was like, that's no fun. And I just mix everything. I got a chemistry set later when I was probably like 11 or 12. Yeah. But this is when I was probably like seven. (laughs) And so I would just, and I would use up all the stuff in the bathroom. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. But yeah, we had this little Fisher Price um, cash register and it had coins of different sizes that Mm -hmm. were plastic and that you'd put in each thing. But it's a really fun way for kids to learn math. So they're doing that. And um, then we have Gonzo takes a toy soldier that he's going to buy and check out with. And then the soldier becomes real. But we still only see the soldier from the waist down because it's an adult. (laughs) So I thought that was kind of funny. Um, So, oh, and Gonzo gets food stamps, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. Because it's kind of like... They don't explain it. They just... They don't explain it, but I also thought it was nice, like, for kids who had food stamps to Mm. not make them feel like that was weird or different or bad. Um, And then we learn that Nanny's going on vacation. Yes, this grocery shopping thing is all just a quick intro because they go to give their groceries to Nan or to Nanny and find out they overhear her on the phone saying she's going away. And they're like, oh... Maybe she's going to surprise us and we're all going away. Nope. And then she was like, I haven't found someone to watch the kids yet. They were like, what? But also, Steve turns and looks at me and he goes, what is she going on from vacation for? She doesn't do anything. She doesn't even watch the kids. She only walks into the nursery like once a day. Which is also a very 80s thing, though. That's true, That yes. there's no helicopter parent, that the kids are just playing on their own. Yeah. Like, go ahead. You're not going to get in too much trouble. But it's funny, nursery. too, because I remember thinking to myself, she's like, I haven't found someone to watch the kids yet. And I'm like, yeah, because you got to ask someone to watch nine toddlers. Yeah. Who's going to be like, yeah, no problem. That's a, that's like a, that's crazy. But also, you don't watch the kids. Yeah. <laughs> For the most part. You really need a house sitter that's just going to peek in the nursery yeah, exactly. and make sure they haven't killed yeah, each other. Yeah, exactly. Um, and they're like, if there's no nanny, we can stay up all yeah. night. We don't have to take baths and we can really? eat whatever we want. <laughs> Thanks for house sitting for me. Once a day, just throw some donuts in that room and let the kids eat it. <laughs> um, so we have all of these. First, we go through like who could be our babysitter, and Piggy imagines just a larger version of herself. Yes. Again, only seen from the waist down. Yeah. And if we can think about this, it's funny because you said Miss Piggy's a little different than older version. Yeah. But Miss Piggy, the babysitter, kind of 
like emotionally mentally terrorizes the Muppets. Yeah. She dresses them all to the same as her. They have to decorate everything in pink. Yeah, it's a really pretty nursery though, all in pink, I have to say. <laughs> then an animal they're like, What if it's somebody ugly, smelly, or hairy? And animals like smelly, ugly, hairy. And this is my favorite part of this episode. They go, Animal, turn off your imagination. Yeah. But it's too late and there's basically like a It's King Kong. The first thing he imagines is video footage from like the 1930s yes. King Kong, the black and white. So it's funny that to me that we just picked like two random episodes. They both have King Kong references. Yeah. And, um, um, and then we, oh, then also then we have Nanny Vader. Yes, which again has stock, has footage from Star Wars. Yes. And of course, Return of the Jedi was in 1983. Right, so, so it, it was from there. Culturally and What relevant. I love is that they voice over... First of all, because it's stock footage, we do see Darth Vader head and shoulders. Yeah, we see actual Darth Vader. But yeah. they do a voiceover where he's like, I would like to get to know you better. Yeah. <laughs> it's hilarious. And then when they have the cartoon Darth Vader, it's just from the waist down. And he has green striped socks on and he has with his black striped. cape and his black it clothes. It really is quite clever. Yeah. It really is clever the way they did it. And then we come to the main part, which is the title of the episode, which is a parody of Around the World in 80 Days, where Kermit is Phileas Frog. Now, I don't know. This would have been season three I believe that this is the same year that Pierce Brosnan did a made-for-TV version of Around the World in 80 Days, mm-hmm. which I also love. Sometime we'll do just a month where we watch like um, t- made-for-TV movies because we right. don't really have a spot for them right now. But There's some great ones. Oh, I mean, one of my favorites is... Ted Danson did a TV miniseries of Gulliver's Travel. Yeah, and this would have been kind of around that same time. So I don't know. My guess is that it probably was because a lot of kids watched that. Mm-hmm. And it is my favorite version. It's really well done. But although, anyway. Although they do mention that it's Kermit attributes it to a picture book they have in the nursery. Yes. And that's the thing, too, is in the early 80s and even in the 90s, Little kids in nurseries had classic stories, which were way better. And it would have been something that that would have maybe been read to them. They had, like, we had those at home, too, illustrated classics. That's how I, um, um, I read the illustrated classics. I read the illustrated classics version of, um... Great Expectations. Oh, okay. And I don't know that I've ever actually read Great Expectations. (laughs) So I'm a college English professor, and the version that I remember of Great Expectations is an is a illustrated class. That's why you don't care for it because I read the actual book and I love Great Expectations. Well, maybe I'll take another crack at it. But anyway, so they they hand Nanny a balloon. And um, I like here how they they obscure her face and she's got like an umbrella first kind of covering her face. Mm -hmm. And then later on, she's wearing a helmet where they're riding dirt bikes. So you can't see her face. Different. The whole goal is they're trying to tour her around the nursery so that she sees everything she would on a vacation and she doesn't have to go. Yeah, she doesn't have to go to her. They they can show her Big Ben and um, the English Channel and Paris. And they go through really... It's cool that they have a different animation style to see like Egypt, the Arctic, Morocco, Netherlands, the Alps, the Leaning Tower piece. But also, there's no... Rhyme or reason to how we're no, what order? No, it's not necessarily which is kind of order. which is kind of funny to me. Then we kind of show back in the nursery. The balloon pops. The Eiffel Tower falls, and we get an animal's car. And this is a classic Muppet joke where they 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 even call it out in I think the Muppet movie that Jason Siegel did. They travel by map. Right. So they show yes. them getting in the car, and then they show a map with like, da, 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 yes. da, da, da. and then they arrive at uh, in Greece, and they see the ancient ruins. Yeah, which... and then they crash the car. Yes. So they have to take tricycle, which becomes dirt like bike. dirt bike quads <laughs> yes. in the desert. And the ancient Greek ruins were just like a mattress on top of pillows. Yes. Which is. Oh, man, that was, like, our favorite thing was we would make a pillow fort and a blanket fort, like, 
through the whole our whole downstairs pretty much spanned the length of the house so just imagine steve like our living room but it's all just pillows and blankets right tents, yeah tent city um so again a lot like childhood lots more film footage than we saw in the pilot and then they try to emotionally manipulate nanny to stay like didn't you love this trip you don't have to leave us now right nanny and she's like um and then nanny's sister fanny comes in uh and she has also striped tights but they're pink and purple instead of the light green dark green yes so they find out fanny's gonna babysit and they like that because she's fun well fanny starts riding a skateboard while dribbling a basketball so i could see how fanny would be quite a bit of fun i mean first off she engages the kids yes instead of just walking out the door and leaving them right that's true yeah she actually plays with them she might be a better (laughs) sitter than nanny would be Uh, um my only issue with the episode is it's called around the nursery in 80 days and that section is literally only like a third of the entire episode you really don't get to that part until almost near the end of the yeah, episode yeah that's true i even looked it up because i was like steve did they label this wrong like on because yeah. it's just on youtube it makes you know? sense by the end but it yeah. takes a while to get where they're going yeah it took a while to get there oh. but it didn't take 80 days oh yeah. and actually fozzy goes that was a lot less than 80 days and gonzo goes yeah we're like 20 minutes which yeah. is funny because that's about goes, how long I the episode is. I need to get a is. watch. Yeah, but that's about how long the episode is. So it's a cute little joke there at the end. So we jump to the 2018 remake. Yes. So this is, um, we have an added character of a penguin named Summer, which is kind of funny. And we do not have Scooter, Skeeter, Ralph, and also um, Bunsen and Beaker, who were in the intro, but not the particular episode we watched from season three. So we only have six characters. It's a little less frenetic with just the six, Mm -hmm. right? We have Fozzie, Kermit, Piggy, Summer, Gonzo, and Animal. Mm -hmm. And everything's in CGI. The nanny um, is like a younger kind of voice. She's a younger, skinnier, like hipper nanny, but she's still dressed the same kind of. Well, she has like stars on her tights instead of stripes. But yeah, this CGI isn't bad. I mean, it was I, they when they did the imagine scenes, they still changed the type of animation, so that was kind of mm-hmm. neat. They don't have any film clips at all. Yeah, and can I mention this <sighs> once again? CGI doesn't make something better. No, this is pro. This is with Strawberry Shortcake with GI Joe. This is not the first time now we've seen a remake of something where they go to computer generation and it's it's to me it's not any it's not better they should have stayed with kids don't care about computer generation as much as like you're trying to make it more realistic they like animation i like cartoons i think it's cheaper i think it's cheaper than having to do. people draw it out but yeah but I, even so still... like to be honest like south park i think is done cgi now but it still has that flat look like you don't have to render it everything 3d um i mean the cgi isn't that bad but they're outside instead of in the nursery i think that might be like to encourage kids to be outside so basically the story is uh we watched playground pirates and blanket fort so season one episode six the story of playground pirates is that um nanny's lost an earring and they're gonna try to find it and they pretend to be pirates Kermit tries to do everything and um, they have another song, which with the song wasn't too bad. But what bothered me about this is that um, ugh, this is I don't like it when shows treat kids like idiots. You don't have to have a forced moral lesson. Right. And the, what what my brother and I, when we watch the show, and I'm sure this is true of you guys, it's just a fun show about kids imagining stuff. Yeah. And there might be an implied lesson, but this was a very forced, like, it's not just fun imagining things, right? And because it was a forced lesson, it's not as fun to watch. Yeah. And the lesson is... You can't do everything yourself. Even if you're the leader, you have to have other people help you. Right. Because like, Kermit keeps trying to do everything as the pirate captain. And it annoyed me for yeah. that reason. And and this is what I've seen of a lot of kids' shows today. That 
what's interesting to me is, so Steve and I had a book publishing company and we're still authors now. You'll know that if you read the About Us on our website. But we... um, the trends of publishing for books has gone away from this like didactic we have to teach a lesson into more like just read for fun because reading is fun and these are fun stories to tell right so it's interesting to me that tv has seemed to go the opposite direction of like the 80s tv shows that we watched Muppet Babies, Alvin and the Chipmunks, He-Man, so far, like, Strawberry Shortcake maybe had a little more of a lesson, but they're not based, they're just these crazy ideas. We're going to watch, like, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles later on in a couple weeks. That doesn't have a lesson. G.I. Joe had one Transformers doesn't have a lesson. If you remember, He-Man and G.I. Joe had one at the end, but they had to as part of the... Because right. they were a vi- what was considered a violent show, right? So they had to have like a wholesome message, but it was always at the end of the episode, yeah. Like is a moral that, and they it's not it's not built into the entire episode where that's the point, right? Because you know what, kids don't like that as much. No. And I realize this was on Disney Junior and not regular Disney, but I'm going to tell you, you don't need to force a moral lesson in TV for kids over three or four or five yeah. either. They're going to be like whatever and turn it off. So that was kind of my complaint there. Now that my I've complaint- done. My complaint is also Summer the Penguin is the worst. She doesn't really have a clear personality. She doesn't. She's she's Summer likes art is what they how they introduce her in the song, which is fine. But you could have done that with Skeeter or Scooter or Ralph who liked music, and you yeah. got rid of him, and it was a downgrade. Uh, this is a complete example of new writers from a different generation trying to put their stamp on something. They wanted their own created character. And it's a downgrade. They should have gone with even Bunsen or Beaker. There was plenty of established Muppet baby characters that could have been put in here there's without also, adding a new one that no one cares about. No one cares about the Penguin. Yeah, there's also a, enough established adult Muppet characters that you could grab from. Yes. If you want another girl, Janice is right there. Yeah. There's another pig that we sometimes see. Mm-hmm. Um, there are... Uh, uh, I'm thinking of the bunny character who's so cute, who comes in later. I forget yeah. his name. Um, he's um, he's even featured in the Muppet Christmas Carol. Bean, Bean the bunny. Yep. Um, there are, yeah, there's so many Muppet characters. And also just having six of them, like I said, you get, it's much more like calm, structured play. Yeah. It's not like, oh my gosh, Gonzo's doing this and then Animal's doing that and then right. Fozzie's over here and then Ralph's trying to play the piano and then Scooter's jumping around on a skateboard because she's kind of sport. Like, there's not that chaos and chaos really is one of the traits of the Muppets in general. Yeah. So, so I did like that they were playing outside. I, I did too. Cool. And I mean, at the end of the day, the remake, it still has the it still has the feeling of a fun kind of show. Yeah. So it's not terrible. But what I would say is my suggestion to anybody looking for for television programming for their kids is show them the original. You have eight seasons of episodes, 107 episodes. I would much rather show kids the original and the, the, the remake is a downgrade and it didn't last that long. No, and then they had some lawsuits and stuff. Yeah, but it's it's just So um, we'll stop our Gen X ranting about these <laughs> what yeah. the Gen Zers are so watching these days. Let me move into reception. It was pretty widely accepted well in the 1984 to 1991. That was eight seasons of the original Muppet Babies. Um, It won a Daytime Emmy for Outstanding Program. It won an Outstanding Film Sound Editing. Yeah, I can imagine Um, because they had to do quite a bit of... Yes. Yeah. It was nominated for Outstanding Music Direction and Composition Emmy. Mm. All in all, amongst its seasons, it won seven Emmys. Oh, Wow. Um, which is quite a bit, especially for a cartoon. Yeah. Um, in 2009, IGN named Muppet Babies number 31 out of the top 100 best animated TV shows. Oh, that's so good. So, so it had a really good reception and, and it still kind of had a carried on reception. Yeah. So what did um, we think of it? So out of pacifiers. Out of pacifiers. Um, you go first. I've okay, I mean, look, I was a huge fan of this show as a kid, and um, 
I really was worried because after Strawberry Shortcake, I was hesitant to take something that I love so much. Mm -hmm. To me, it really, you know, we're only rating the original. To me, it really held up. Did I think it was a tad bit slow in some sections? Yes, but nothing... Um, I always wonder if I'm going to be annoyed and nothing annoyed me. I thought it was a sweet story. It brought back a lot of memories of, of imaginative play. I think it would be great for kids to watch and then turn off the TV and go play and they can have some of these kind of crazy adventures. Um, so, and the music was okay. The animation, especially in the later seasons is better, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not going to sit around and watch it <laughs> at this point, but if we had kids, I would I would put it on and enjoy it with them for sure. So I'm going to give it eight pacifiers out of ten. All right. Yeah, I, I thought it was good, too. I mean, it's a little bit younger, you know, programming for my memory necessarily. Like I said, I do remember it from my childhood. I did like the original quite a bit. Um, I, I would give it. I would give it seven pacifiers. Okay, so we're not too far apart. No, so we're at seven so, and a half total. Pause for effect. Seven and a half pacifiers for Muppet Babies, and two and a half for Smarties, our snack today. Yeah. And now, the moment we've all been waiting for. Have we all been waiting yes, for Yes, I've been waiting for this for like two weeks. So the moment Megan has been waiting for. <laughs> okay. Next week, we are watching Little House on the Prairie. And I'm very excited. <laughs> so um, the episodes that I picked are, we're going to watch three episodes because it was a very long running show and there are like, like kind of what we had with Cheers, there are a lot of different people in the ensemble and, and the story kind of changes. So the, I picked episode, uh, the, the pilot episode that aired after the movie, mm -hmm. um, which is episode one, Harvest of Friends. So we get kind of a taste for the show. And then also episode season six, episode 25, which is Sweet 16. Okay. All right. So here are your choices. Are you ready? Yep. All right. Uh, season one, episode 18, Plague. Typhoid is unleashed on an unsuspecting walnut grove. Season three, episode two, Bunny. When Nellie Olson is seriously injured after falling from Laura's horse, Bunny, she pretends to be paralyzed. Okay. I Oh, I want to say... Did you choose like the darkest episodes you could possibly find? There are find? some that are dark and some that are funny <clears> because <throat> I didn't know which way you would want to go. Okay. This, this show had a lot of really, really dark episodes. And because of the nature of this podcast, like there are some things involved like assault and like I just right. didn't want to. Um, season four, episode six, The Creeper of Walnut Grove. Laura and Andy Garvey become detectives to solve a series of burglaries in Walnut Grove, but end up catching her father in their snares. Season 4, episode 21, I'll be waving as you drive away. Just as Mary falls for the new boy in town, her eyesight begins to worsen and the family learns she will still go blind. Season 6, episode 12, Cross Connections. The telephone comes to Walnut Grove, and when Mrs. Olson works the switchboard, she begins listening on people's private conversations. Okay. And season nine, episode 20, For the Love of Blanche. Mr. Edwards swears he'll find a home for a dying man's little girl, not knowing that she is actually an orangutan. <laughs> <laughs> so you can pick a darker one or you can pick a lighter one we've got plague we've got blunt bunny i'm going to go with the telephone okay episode. crossed connections okay crossed connections that is a good good choice so next time we will be talking about little house on the prairie and we will be going over the episodes harvest of friends Crossed Connections and Sweet Sixteen. Are we doing all three? We're doing Those are hour long episodes. That's They're forty five of... minutes, and you'll get through it. It'll be oh. fine. <laughs> so, oh, before we close out, I just want to say that um, I just want to thank everybody for listening because we kind of had a little bit of like an explosion in our listening. 
Um, our number of downloads and everything went way, way up uh, this past couple weeks. We record these a couple weeks ahead of time, so I'm not going to say our exact number of downloads. But I just wanted to say we've got right now, Steve, listeners who are in the U.S., the U.K., Australia, Iran, India, South Africa, Canada, France, Slovakia, Barbados, Colombia, Kenya, Russia, Nigeria, South Korea, Ireland, New Zealand, the Isle of Man, uh, Turkey, Spain, Pakistan, Sweden, Italy, and a a number of other countries where there's one or two downloads. And then I guess they were like, nah, I don't want to listen to that anymore. Wow. But I just wanted to say thank you guys so much. We really appreciate it. You know, um, we're like the how we're like the did I just ruin my childhood UN? Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> we have become the UN of 80s and 90s rewatch podcasts. I like and that. we just want to say thank you to everybody listening, either stateside or internationally. We really appreciate it. We appreciate your support and your listenership. Thank you for following us. Also, we don't want this necessarily just be one sided. Um, we mentioned before we did do um, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, yes. which was a listener suggestion. Yep. So by all means, please, if you have suggestions of something from your childhood that you'd like us to review from the 80s, 90s, and we can even stretch that a little bit, okay. shout out to us on our website, which is... StopRootingMyChildhood.com. And we also are on YouTube now. So, so you can listen to us on YouTube and leave a comment if you have a suggestion. Yeah, definitely. And actually... As- like us. Like us, subscribe, and follow. And as Steve said, we take listener suggestions. And we actually have one, which we're not doing for this cycle for the movie, but we will for next time. So we're really excited about that. And um, we can't wait to hear from all of you. So thank you guys so much. And we will see you next week, where we have not only our episode, but a bonus for Mother's Day. Freaky Friday, the 1977 and the 2008. Awesome. 2003. (laughs) I don't know. Either way, we're watching both, and it's going to be me and my mom talking about um, mothers and daughters and all that kind of fun stuff. So we will see you then. Thanks, everybody.